재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Some years ago I started calling myself Ginger Peter Sherlock Rosemary Emmanuel The Archbishop of Canterbury You may know me better as The Real Slim Shady Rumoured to be the new signing for Westminster and the Thames. And I just love to ride horses. But only if the Banjo Union Bolt has been corrected. First chapter. It is time again for first chapter. We read you an excerpt from a different book every Sunday morning, usually from the exposition. Today's book is Chun Kyunglin's "Nan Yuriro Mandun Bere Tago Nasun Padare Dodone," or "I Drift on Unknown Waters in a Glass Boat." Long title. Chun Kyunglin debuted in 1995 and is famous for being one of the first Korean writers to explore women's sexuality, desire, and failed relationships in fiction. The novel is about a 30-year-old woman looking back on her life five years ago when she had, quote, seriously lost all hope as she realized that all that came after college was getting married and building a career. When the book was first published in 2001, it was praised as a realistic portrayal of the average person's average relationship not working out. The chapter I'll read today is not from the beginning. It's one called 첫사랑을 길에서 우연히 만나면 or if you bump into your first love on the street by chance. It's pretty self-explanatory. I'll be back with the story after 유리로 만든 배 or Boat Made of Glass by Korean band 동물원. I Drift on Unknown Waters in a Glass Boat by Chun Kyung-nin If you bump into your first love on the street by chance No doubt people often fantasize about a chance encounter with their first love. I, too, occasionally imagine what it would be like. For instance, when I arrive early for an appointment, I would wish that my first love would suddenly open the door and appear in front of me. Or when I take my clothes off at the end of the day and stand in front of the window, during that brief moment, I fantasize that he would suddenly appear outside. Also, when I get on a train or a bus for a long trip, I would always indulge in the fantasy akin to a presentiment of him sitting in one of the seats. But when I actually bumped into him at a bookstore counter, I could not register the fact that such an event would actually happen in real life without any warning. Especially in such an unexpected place, so far away from where we had last parted. Perhaps Chunhua felt the same way. For a while, we were both confused and then asked each other, 
What are you doing here? First, we had to pay for our books for the benefit of the people standing behind us in line. So we took out our wallets, accepted our change, and grabbed our bundle of books. We left the bookstore and walked for about 10 meters in no particular direction. I felt dizzy with the wave of memories and regrets crashing over me all at once. It was difficult to handle because I felt both happy and angry at the same time. Eunnyeong, you've changed a lot. You've filled out. He said this as if he couldn't have imagined what I would be like when I turned 25. He looked very different himself. Seeing that he was dressed neatly and properly, I guess that he was probably married. Only four years had passed since I saw him last, but it seemed as though the freshness of warm milk that once pulsated in his skin had now ebbed away. On the other hand, he no longer gave off the fastidious, selfish, and conceited air that he used to have, and instead looked much more comfortable with himself. He was six years older than I. When I was a freshman in college, he was a senior who had returned to school after completing his mandatory military service. We went out for a year before he left to study abroad. I was 19 years old that year. He was always busy, but he sat me down at the library so I would study French grammar, taught me how to frequent the French Cultural Center, and spontaneously boarded a train at the station in front of our university to take me to the outskirts of the city. He also taught me how to drink and smoke, took me out to nice restaurants and helped me find a part-time job. People used to say that the two of us resembled each other, like cousins. What are you doing here? He looked at my clothes. I was wearing a black shirt, black jeans, and black leather sandals. Fumbling with the English conversation guidebook and cassette tapes that I had just bought, I answered, I moved down here because of my job. I work at the broadcasting station here. Wow, that's great. He was genuinely impressed. I'm just a script writer at a local station. I only receive a small salary. And I don't know when I'll get laid off. Still, it's currently the most coveted job among female undergrads. I didn't realize you were so talented. I felt guilty. But how else could I explain why I was in this provincial town? He told me that, having returned from Paris earlier that year, he found a teaching job as a part-time instructor at the local university and that he came down twice a week by plane. He said that was all the work he was doing at the moment, but he was well-groomed. No doubt his family was as prosperous as ever. Anyway, it's amazing to run into you in, in such a small town. He suddenly threw his arms around me in the middle of the street. We both had bags hanging from our shoulders and books in our hands. He held me more tightly, as though the reality of our meeting had finally hit him. Our bags slid down and dangled on our arms. Now that I'm holding you like this, it seems as though we've never parted. He pulled me toward him so that my chest was pressed against his. Then he let me go. The pile of books in his hand and the bag hanging from his arm were probably very heavy. Let's go inside somewhere.
Grabbing my hand, he started walking rapidly and looked around. As he was headed toward a secluded area, he didn't seem to be looking for a coffee shop or a restaurant. After we received the key at the counter of a motel in an alley and entered the room, he said, I'm married. Is that all right? I just thought I should tell you beforehand. He laid down his bag and his books and took off his shirt. Then he closed the curtains. The room immediately turned dark. Sitting on the edge of the bed, I stared blankly at him. It was quite disconcerting to be dragged into a dark room in a squalid motel in the middle of the day. Thinking back, I remembered he had always been this way. If we ran into each other on campus, he would cut class to take me to a nearby motel. When I didn't say anything, he took off his pants and his socks. He came toward me in his immaculately white underwear. His firm, well-proportioned body proved that he went jogging or swimming on a regular basis. Surprisingly, I didn't feel attracted to his conventionally attractive body. Do you want me to help you undress? I shook my head. His face and his body seemed unfamiliar to me, as mine would probably seem to him. We had definitely transformed with the passing of time. Now, we were merely two people who knew each other by name only. Take off your clothes. He removed my black shirt. I was wearing only a black brassiere. Wow, you're really gorgeous. Shunhua seemed flustered for a moment. My transformation probably seemed unfamiliar to him as well. I have a fiancé. I pushed away his hands which were trying to undo my bra. So, I don't mind. He replied lightly with a magnanimous air. He seemed slightly nervous at seeing the strange woman with a dry expression on her face. I wanted to say that our relationship had been in the past and that we were simply people who had been close a long time ago, but it was hard to put into words. He tried to undo my bra again. I shook off his hands. An expression of annoyance appeared on his face. What kind of person is your fiancé? Does he work at the station? I shook my head. He's a poet. A poet? He also owns a cafe and makes investments here and there. He owns a great villa and an incredible car. What a strange poet. Does he really write poems? Of course. Some of his poems will be published this summer. And... He is very, no, perfectly beautiful. He's more beautiful than a woman. He's so lovely that it's almost strange that he doesn't have breasts. How old is he? 43. Is he from around here? I nodded. We truly love each other. I explained to him, merging Yijin and Yugyeong together with irresponsible abandon. It was like a portrait drawn by Picasso. The more confused Chunhua was, the better. He gave me a dubious look. I'm going to come down here twice a week. Can't we meet then? No, I don't think so. I answered clearly. Slither while they pass the 
Tracks we played in between were 잘 지내니 좀 어떠니 or Are You Doing Alright by 좋아서 하는 밴드, also known as 좋아 Band, followed by Across the Universe by Fiona Apple. Today I read from 난 유리로 만든 배를 타고 낯선 바다를 떠도네 or I Drift on Unknown Waters in a Glass Boat, a novel by Jeon Kyung-lin, translated by Hejin Chung. The translation was published in 2011 by Stallion Press. Copies are available any place where books are sold. It is time for this week's quote, which comes from Poems from My Ex, an essay by Lisa Catherine Harper, in which she picks up a copy of her ex-boyfriend's poetry collection and, to her horror, finds several unflattering poems about her. Maybe it was a revenge poem, but I let it go. The poems could have their own life in the world, with and without me. They had to. What was I going to do? Call him up and yell at him? Once again, that was from Poems from My Ex by Lisa Catherine Harper. We have arrived at the end of our show. To learn more about next week's topic, please visit our website. I'm Jamie Chang. Have a wonderful week that does not involve running into an ex. And I'll be back next Sunday at 10 a.m. with another brand new installation of The Bookend. Taking us out is Caminos from Gary Burton. <laughs>